Hey yogis, I am so excited to have this conversation in this episode and I am completely terrified uh, because I'm going to do something that normally I don't do, which is I'm coming at this with uh, as few resources as possible because in full transparency of the topic, uh, the story that we tell ourselves, the story that I often tell myself is that I'm not smart, that I'm an idiot, and that everybody will find me out. And so anytime I come to anything, I have a million different sources and I anticipate who will be, you know, judging what I have to say and fact-checking what I have to say. And so I'm coming at this conversation pretty bare because I want to be honest and truthful to the topic of taking the choice, having agency in changing the story we tell. So I'd like to start there and share that um, changing our story and shifting how we view our story, how we tell our story is not easy and it takes practice and it takes time and it may be the practice of your lifetime to simply shift or even become aware of the patterns in the story you are telling or you are playing out. So part of the deep wisdom and practice of yoga is simply becoming aware and conscious. If we aren't even able to see our story unfolding or step back and watch our story, then we can't decide if we're going to step in and change it or not. So I'm acknowledging that samskara within me, that pattern that I have a deep, deep wound of feeling dumb and insecure about that. And so, and so I'm going to leave this podcast today without um, all the prep I would normally do. So the story we tell ourselves shapes our lives. A wise teacher, I adore Nataraj Chaitanya, which uh, we are so lucky at Practice Any to have him coming back December 6th through the 8th of 2019 to do um, a series of workshops called 2020 Visions and really help us set our manifestations for 2020. And he shared uh, the last time I got to learn from him that even the slightest shift in the practices and mindsets we hold is like angling a ship one degree. While that one degree may not seem significant in the moment, over time it will drastically change the course of that ship. And so today I'm sharing both my deep experience with the practice of becoming aware and my shifting of my story, as well as my own vulnerabilities around you know, what my current story is and how this all relates to the practice of yoga. This is something that we look at a lot in 200-hour training because when you um, start teaching or arguably you know, when you have the courage to show up to a yoga class for the first time, there's all this fear about will I be enough, will I be good enough, um, and trepidation about, you know, from the teaching lens, like never feeling like you measure up. And it's all a matter of how you frame that story that you're telling yourself. So, so all this was sparked because I just received an email from a dear friend and student 
who shared photographs of her recent maternity shoot on a beautiful beach in a perfect yellow dress, cradling her gorgeous pregnant belly. And she wrote to me, a few years ago in teacher training, we did some sort of visualization meditation where you instructed us to see our lives in one year, three years, five years, and 10 years, something like that. And I specifically saw and wrote down, I'll be pregnant in Latin America wearing a yellow dress. How was that for some manifestation? So I opened that email and just instantly bawled because of her, one, her beauty, but two, the power of the power of story. And that when we take, when we take control of our story and also when we tap into our deep intuition of knowing that we are limitless, we're just that. We're limitless. But when we fall into the story that holds us back that has us live in scarcity and fear we are very bound and very limited and so much of the yoga practice is working to make us boundless moksha freedom so so much of if we can change the story if we can really shift our own language and our own minds will set us free um, in addition to that i <clears throat> i just came home from teaching my first class of the season at iupui and I'm watching these, most of them were freshmen come in and I just had this incredibly visceral memory of my first yoga class with dear Swami Doug and his, you know, banana hammock. And as much as I, um, if you've listened to the, I think I shared that in the first podcast episode. Anyway, it doesn't matter. If you've practiced with me, I've likely shared that story with you. And even though I make it irreverent and I, I poke fun at, you know, that circumstance, he was one of the first people, one of my first teachers to ever hand me back my story in so many words and say, you know, you don't have to have this story. You can rewrite it. And I remember walking into that yoga class so sick in my, in between my ears, just so mentally in dis-ease thinking how not enough I was and I walked out understanding that at my core I am enough that this is a practice of remembering my wholeness and getting back to who already exists and so so yeah this is all born out of deep love and hope that as you can start to understand what the story is you can shift from it and we have when we do that we have more agency in our lives to remember and get back to our highest self so what is the story? So one of my favorite teachers, uh, whom I've not been able to work with directly, um, but on the spiritual side is Joseph Campbell, um, the late Joseph Campbell. If you have Netflix, I highly recommend watching his series on Netflix. It's fantastic. But he says, life is without meaning. You bring meaning to it. The meaning of life is whatever you ascribe it to be. Being alive is the meaning. And so I think this points to, it points to the story that, um, you know, you can argue that we're born as a blank slate. You can argue that we come with karma, predetermined karma from the yoga lens. You know, we come with a set of karma. We come with a set of um, predetermined dispositions and patterns that we got to work through because of a past life. But, you know, again, I'm I'm trying to be honest in that, like, I believe kind of both um, and that you know once you land here, no matter what, whatever you believe in, 
that the point of life is to live life and to to be alive and that is so yogic to be in the present moment that bliss resides in this present moment and that we get the choice to write that story of either we are living in bliss we are discovering the meaning of life in every moment or that we are miserable so the buddhist side of this practice and the the first noble truth of buddhism is life is suffering and so if you just lived with that story which the buddhist do not do they they do something about that if you just lived with well life is suffering and that was the story you told and i'm just suffering and i'm in pain all the time ugh like is that is that why you're here is that the story you want to tell and the legacy you want to leave i doubt it so so much of yoga is literally screaming at us to be present and we're too preoccupied or perhaps even too afraid to do that to to be present And so we craft these stories around our past and our future to avoid the present. Perhaps because we are, um, as Marianne Williams says, our, our worst fear is not that we are inadequate. Our worst fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. And so I think it it brings back this sense of what yoga is. It's the yoking or the union to this present moment, the yoking or the union of our highest self, our fullest expression of us. And, And what's in this present moment is that Anandamaya Kosha, the Kosha model being like the Russian nesting doll model that we move from gross to subtle. And at the most subtle point, we are bliss. And if we can move through to that bliss body, we uncover we uncover all our bullshit and our misperceptions and our veiled awareness and so that we can reveal our our consciousness and our beauty and our perfection and so it's really the job of the yogi to excavate that truth for ourselves to excavate for the light another buddhist concept is that the light is all, the sun is always shining it's just if we choose to remember that or not, or, or choose to see that or not, that it's an illusion that the sun goes down. And that's that's real. The sun never goes down, the earth turns. So it's um, so it's really the story that we tell ourselves right there. Um, so we have the choice, we have the agency to change the narrative, but because we're human, we are constantly forgetting that we have that agency. So remembering our light and remembering our auspiciousness is the joke of humanity. We just uh, got done reading the Ramayana in our 300-hour training. And that's a huge theme that um, the translation I was just reading comments at the end that even Rama, as an incarnation of Vishnu, forgets his his mortal his immortality often that he there are a couple times that he fumbles in the story this perfect being that is rama because that is what it means to be human that we forget that we make mistakes um and so it that just hit me so hard because even even as i deeply practice yoga and as you're listening this I'm I'm assuming you are a practitioner of yoga that we forget not only are we going to fall and forget but that it's part of the it's part of the story and that we have to build it in and we have to give ourselves grace and permission to fumble and fall and so 
Yeah, so what is the story again? I keep dancing around that. The story is anything we tell ourselves or we color our experiences that is not true or sensationalized. So it's the klishta, one of the first sutras, klishta, a klishta. Klishta is any time we we color our thoughts or we create pain basically versus a klishta, which is not painful or uncolored. So I um I just recently bought my daughter a new alarm clock and um it requires batteries and the idea behind the alarm clock is that it will wake her up in the middle of the night to help her go to the potty so she can become potty trained. Woohoo! So that's the thing, but I've turned the whole damn thing into this like fucking episodic you know, um, telenovela days of our lives situation. Like I hate that damn thing. First of all, I hate things that have batteries in them because, oh, sorry, we're not, we're working on not saying hate in my household. I abhor things that have batteries in them because first of all, I have to throw them away and I think that's wasteful. Second of all, you never have the right battery. You have like a D plus or like an A minus or whatever, but you never have that piece of work battery that's supposed to go in there and then you got to get a screwdriver and all of our screwdrivers are completely stripped and so it's a it's just an exercise in self-mutilization for me to actually unscrew the damn thing put a fucking battery in it and then call it a day right so as I explained it in the beginning it's just an alarm clock but I just told you a whole epic story around this stupid alarm clock that just I just want my kid to pee in a toilet in the middle of the night so I don't have to wake up and change sheets. Know what I mean? But there's a whole, I've just created a whole circus around that. I've just created a bunch of pain for myself because even when I think about having to go find our busted ass screwdriver out of our garage, I cringe and I'm in pain. I'm literally in pain right now. Like if you could see my ears and my shoulders, they're actually connected and my traps are freaking out. So so that's a story that I've... I've colored deeply painful and, um, and you know, one of the things that I, I struggle with in yoga philosophy is that, um, you know, from the ascetic point of view or just from the classical yoga point of view, we're supposed to strip the story and keep it stripped. We're not, we're not supposed to keep it colored at all. It's just the alarm clock. Like I bought an alarm clock for my daughter to become potty trained like that's the story right but on the other side of that might be further liberation and so there's this there's this catchy edge that I'm flirting with and I think the yoga practice suggests that we flirt with is that there's joy and there's a beautiful attachment on the other side of that and a different story, which is I bought this alarm clock. My daughter was so excited. The damn thing lights up. It makes, it's got a song. It's really cute. Um, it's from Skip Hop, parents listening. I totally recommend it if you can live through the battery episode. But on the other side of that is I'm giving my daughter liberation, which sounds so lame, but you know, for her to be able to like not rely on mom and dad to help her go to the bathroom at night like that's freedom literal freedom and so I'm so attached to it when I retell the story like that and from an ascetical point of view even that will 
And truth, even that will somehow cause me pain because one night it's not going to work or one night she's going to wet the bed and I'm going to lose my mind and be a lunatic because that's me. But I want to dive into that other good story. I want to... I want to tell that story because that not only feels good, but that changes the way that I look at it. And so I'm personally grappling with this classical yoga view that we must pull away from the story entirely, strip the story of anything and just, you know, state the facts and then resolve to, I don't know, absorbing with God and be done that all pleasure and all pain just results in suffering But then from my limited understanding from a tantric perspective that we can use our our gifts and our talents and our existence on this earth to further our expansion and further our enlightenment. And so I choose right now in my own practice to see that I can change that story and I can change that story to help me expand in my experience on this earth as a mother as a communicator, as all those things. So when I change that story and I tell it from the, you know, more positive perspective or, you know, where the joy resides, it's a whole different feel. And even as I'm telling it, my shoulders are moving away from my ears and I just, I'm just like, I'm joyful to like have that moment with my daughter and, and to expand in that way. So we can change our story just by coloring or uncoloring it and and then maybe you're in the same place where I'm at where like uncoloring it kind of feels weird but maybe just shifting the language feels more appropriate um I I'm reading um Oprah's book The Path Made Clear and she had in she had in this um a quote by Joel Osteen what follows I am is what we're inviting into our lives. So as I led this podcast, you know, something that I often, the story I tell myself often is that I'm dumb, that I'm an idiot and that everybody's going to find out that I'm an idiot and then they're going to call me out on it and it's going to be game over and my whole world is going to fall apart. That is literally a story I tell myself frequently. (laughs) And so I loved this that, you know, whatever follows I am is the story or or the way that we're going to live our lives. Um, but what's interesting is that once I once I read that, I was so moved by that. And I went and looked up who Joel Osteen was. And uh, he's not someone who necessarily aligns with my values. And it instantly colored the story for me. Right, like we instantly drop out of our own grace by how we even shift the story around the damn story. Um, so, you know, whatever follows, I am, and then however we decide to move forward with our lives and the actions we take is going to color the story that we tell and that we live out. So, yeah, I think like it, I had this moment where I let I read that quote, what follows I am is what we're inviting into our lives. And I was really shifted, you know, this whole I am stupid story to I am brilliant and I am capable and what I know is enough. And then I read up who he was and it totally changed it for me. And it just reminded me that the story we tell ourselves and the story we act on either helps us remember or forget our wholeness. 
And so what else is really interesting about this is that it gets tricky and can be spiritually bypassy. So we have to be careful because um, if you're someone who's been, uh, if you've been severely traumatized or if you've been abused, you are allowed to tell the real story and allowed to be in pain from it. But then perhaps that story includes getting help, that that is a part of your story and you are allowed for it to be painful and colored in the way that you need it to be. And you are allowed to get help and build on that story. So that story can have chapters. Giving yourself permission to heal and giving yourself permission to grieve, I think that is also allowed in a story. And maybe part of that, you know, me rewriting the dumb alarm clock story, you know, maybe that is part of your story that helps expand you in a way. Um, I also think that storytelling and how we tell our stories and how we shift our stories can also assume a level of privilege. So I'm very aware that I have great privilege. I am white, cisgender, heteronormative female in the United States. I I carry with me a great deal of privilege. And so it's easy for me to say like, I'm just going to change my story and I'm going to manifest all this and it's going to be so great. I'm just going to live my best life. Um, and, and that's not that's not real for everyone. And so I think I have to name that. And also we have to name as a spiritual community that no amount of good vibes only or manifesting or positive poliness can get you out of certain circumstances that just straight up suck. But you can change the way you see the world. The the popular quote, when you change the things or uh, when you change the way you see the, when you change the way you see, there we go, the things you see change. And so by no means will that lift someone out of poverty or change a traumatic experience, but it may point the ship, referencing um, Nataraj Chaitanya's brilliant quote earlier, it may point the ship one degree. And uh, this summer I had some really highs and lows and when I look back at it, there were these moments where I chose to just point the ship one degree. And while at the time it just felt so desperate and like I was never going to be able to rewrite that narrative, that one degree of, okay, but today I'm going to, one of the things that I changed my story around was seeing myself in others' pain. So, you know, if, if somebody had a difficult conversation with me or maybe we had an exchange of pain with each other or anger that seeing myself in that person even if it was just for a fraction of a second and then I went back to my old story of being pissed even that one second that one shift of consciousness shifted the whole trajectory of the boat and the whole trajectory of the story So some exercises to conclude and to consider from this episode to start to look at your story is one, uh, get a timer and a piece of paper and a pen and, and for five minutes, write out all your complaints. So sit down for a moment and write out everything that frustrates you, everything that pains you, ails you, just get it all out on a paper, a paper, LOL. And then sit back, read it, 
and then write or speak your story from that lens and literally write it like once upon a time there was a woman in Indianapolis who bought her daughter an alarm clock and she was passed you know, whatever it is, because batteries or whatever. So write out your story like a story, like you would read a fairy tale that's like a dark, it's like a dark one, you know, it's like not a good ending. It's like a Hansel and Gretel thing. Like really, that is a dark story. So anyway, write out your complaints for five minutes and take five minutes to recite or write out your story and then take a moment to reflect on that and then from your reflection, um, last week our focus at Practice Any was yana or um, knowledge, the practice of wisdom, yoga. And for me, knowledge lives in the space between observation and action or reaction. So take a moment to absorb the story you told, the story that you heard, and then in that moment that you pause, decide, what am I going to do about that? And not everything's going to change. Not everything's going to be this big epiphany or, or you're even ready to become unstuck from certain parts of the story. But choose maybe one thing or a certain portion that you can rewrite, that you can change the I am. So um, sit with that write out your new story, read out your new story. And even if it's the one degree, begin to shift your story in that direction. So I'll close with um, this phrase that I learned very on in my, very early on in my yoga practice that's just stuck with me. And it is tatuamasi. Um, and it's a Sanskrit phrase that means thou art that or I am that, you are that. And so even though Joel Osteen and I may not see eye to eye, his wisdom of what follows I am is really the story of your life or what you are inviting into your life. And I am that. And whatever that is, write your story around that. And going back to that beautiful story my student shared, my dear friend shared, um, about seeing her life several years ago to now and inviting that in. I think manifesting has become, it has become this spiritual bypassing tool, but it doesn't have to be. That manifestation is what we call into our lives. And if we're really truly practicing yoga, embodying the yamas, embodying the niyamas, remembering our oneness and not seeing our divisiveness, we can invite in some powerful shit. We can really manifest truly and follow up, I am you, I am us, I am that in a really powerful way to shift the story. So even as I say that, I feel so vulnerable and afraid because I know there's so much baggage that comes with shifting our collective story and shifting our individual stories. But I also know from my direct experience that it is one of the most powerful ways to embody your yoga, to observe the ways in which you are forgetting your wholeness and to shift your story, to move more towards it, to take that one degree 
angle on the map and move towards your wholeness or move back to you and your highest self, which ultimately is our collective highest selves. So I hope this is helpful. Um, If you're able, definitely take the time to write out your complaints, write out your story, and then rewrite your story. And thank you for listening and thank you for being invested in in whatever part of this practice you are able to invest in, as I know deeply it will make us all better and bring us all closer to our blissful state. All right, yogis, namaste.